This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Saw a grain market that was pretty choppy throughout the week. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose thinks position squaring was probably the more dominant market feature. But then also, I think at least with the timing uh, that we are of the uh, year so far, that the uh, feeling is that we're better off to have the moisture, get the moisture in some of these uh, dry areas and not as concerned about are we going to get the crop in yet. So, uh, of course, as we know, that changes as the calendar changes here. But uh, that's what it was. Technically, we kind of broke down into some big support zones on the uh, corn market here. So we'll see if we can uh, hold these levels, Randy, going into next week. Corn market continued to see fund liquidation as the funds rolled out of the nearby months due to option expiration. Agrisapo North America market analyst Sterling Smith said the same thing also happened in the soybean market. Fund position is noticeably larger, um, a larger long in the soybeans, and I think that is weighing on things. Also, we have soybean oil, which is uh, a little bit lower as crude oil is traded on both sides of unchanged, creating some additional pressure. And then, of course, there's the wheat. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says traders don't seem to be too concerned about late planting yet. You know, it is still April. Uh, you know, these farmers uh, have, you know, obviously expanded their equipment. They really can get moving pretty quickly, but uh, we do need, you know, a little bit more open forecast here uh, to see, see some field work getting done. And then if we're looking at the demand tone, it's actually improved a little bit. Uh, we're, we've got some good export inspections for corn this week, uh, better than expected for soybeans as well. Um, we, we, you know, we've been um, seeing good crush numbers here uh, for soybeans as, you know, the, this past week on the NOPA crush. So uh, demand tone uh, seems pretty firm too. Nopa Crush in March totaled 185.8 million bushels. That's a new record for the month of March. It's also the second highest monthly crush on record. Uh, Nopa reports said U.S. soybean oil stocks totaled 1.8 billion pounds, just below trade expectations. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strumman says the cattle market also was positioning ahead of Friday's cattle on feed report. Expectations are that we're going to see some smaller on feed and placement numbers. Uh, we did have the cash trade uh, in a lighter trade so far this week, uh, steady to $2 lower, and that's maybe limiting the upside. Uh, the feeders did go up and, and make new contract highs this morning. Uh, we're back uh, again, both sides have unchanged here going into the afternoon. And lower placement number expected again in the report uh, today. And lean hogs bouncing back. Uh, we went down and made new contract lows this morning, had some short covering coming into play. Exports were decent this week and more stability in the cutouts, offering some support to the lean hogs. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred said that risk-off trade that we saw in the grains also pressured the livestock markets. We've gotten to levels where we're going to be somewhat volatile in, in, in the cattle market, right? I mean, we, we had gotten very lofty on cash. We uh, were vulnerable to, to these sorts of corrections. And that reversal lower day that you had in June cattle yesterday, you figured you'd see some follow-through to the downside today. But so far, Randy, it's not been this massive flush out. We're only down, you know, 60 or so. I think that's a small win. So I'm wondering if we're going to try to claw our way back to unchanged by the end of the day. Dairy market remained very wary about spring flush and the destination for a large volume of milk. Ever Ag principal Mike North says a lot of that milk supply was ending up in a cheese vat. And the good news story that's come out of that so far is that the consumer has been relatively resilient. And we've watched as cheese production has been very elevated, but 
the buildup of inventories has not uh, followed a seasonal norm. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. We're joined by BASF business representative Ryan Casavan. Ryan, water hemp, certainly a growing problem across the region, especially for dry beans. What's the recommendation? Outlook is a brand that we use to control. It works uh, very well as a lay-by with our other brands, such as Veristo, Bassagran. They work great in combination with each other. Do you see guys doing that, that layered residual approach? Yeah, it's very important. Come out with a strong pre, followed by a layered approach for water hemp control using Veristo, Bassagran, and Outlook. Always read and follow label instructions. Early mornings, late nights, rain, snow, sunshine. You've clocked in a 40-hour work week, and it's only Tuesday. No one works harder than the American farmer and rancher. The Red River Farm Network is proud to deliver farm news, markets, and weather to the innovators and decision makers. 90 minutes of farm programs each weekday, four farm broadcasters, and one ag meteorologist. On air, online, and on the go, the Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business. With a recap of farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack spent time in Vietnam and Japan this week, while at the same time, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tri traveled to the Philippines and Japan. The G7 meetings were held in Japan, where world leaders uh, discussed the Russia-Ukraine war, food security, trade, and climate change. And with the discussions of foreign ownership of agland in the country, trade relationships are also a priority. North Dakota Senator John Hoven says mutually beneficial trade needs to remain fair and that has and that the US has to stand up for fair deals. I talk about it and others do too. We want open uh, and free trade but we want fair trade. And I think for too long the United States has been too accommodating. We're, we're frankly too nice to our trading partners. We've always been the, you know, kind of big entity in terms of trade. And, and I think as a result, we've worked very hard to get free trade agreements. And we've always kind of been over backward for, you know, our trading partners. And, and I don't think we can keep doing that. I think we want, we want free trade, but it has to be fair. And I think we have to be strong about that firm, whatever you want to call it, and recognize that, that our trading partners need our markets. Farm bill discussions may be just a bit behind schedule, according to South Dakota Congressman Dusty Johnson. A lot of time is being spent on discussing work requirements for nutrition programs. There remains a strong bipartisan desire to craft farm policy that makes sense for American competitiveness and to make sure we do a great job feeding the world. Yeah, right now, frankly, so much of the conversation around work requirements is focused on the debt ceiling, and that is, as well it should, uh, gobbling up a tremendous amount of the oxygen. So I think a lot of the things that normally would have been a little more advanced by now, uh, conversations on the Farm Bill, on the NDAA, on uh, the 12 appropriations packages, are probably lagging a little bit behind where we want just because all of the focus is on the debt ceiling right now, or a lot of the focus. Minnesota Representative John Burkle, who represents the northwestern corner of the state, attempted to turn back changes to Minnesota's Board of Animal Health. The Ag Finance Bill changes the size of that board. Right now, the board, right now, six members appointed by the governor, and those members appointed by the governor select their executive director. There's no need for the governor to be appointing the executive director position. The move to 11 members is currently in the bill, including a member from each congressional district, is unnecessary. And the fact that all those members need is to be knowledgeable 
in animal agriculture versus a veterinarian or a livestock producer is just too subjective. And frankly, it's irresponsible given the challenges that the livestock industry and poultry industry face with CWD, high path AI, and African swine fever. Burkle says the language would politicize the Board of Animal Health. The problem today is we have a lot of people here in Minnesota and, and elsewhere who have strong opinions about agriculture, but very limited knowledge of what agriculture really is. The problem here is that we have a lot of people in the state making important decisions that affect agriculture, but really don't understand what it takes to truly operate within it. And the problem is that there are a lot of people in Minnesota and in this country who depend on agriculture to feed, clothe, and fuel them, but they don't want to support or understand it. The House did not get the necessary two-thirds majority to overturn President Joe Biden's veto dealing with waters of the United States rules. Congress tried to undo the revised WOTUS rule, but was met with a presidential veto. Meanwhile, the administration cannot implement or enforce the rule in 26 states, including North and South Dakota, due to two different court rulings. Fate of the WOTUS rule also being reviewed by the U.S. Supreme Court. Let's look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Owning livestock can be a tricky business at times. The insurance team at Egg Country Farm Credit Services understands, which is why we work with ranchers every day to help mitigate risk. So whether you're looking for protection against price declines or loss of gross margin, Egg Country can help you. Livestock revenue protection is available for cattle, dairy, and swine. Learn more about your options by contacting your local Egg Country office. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy, and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather, and more. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Colder temperatures and snowfall have plagued the farmers and ranchers this spring. World Weather Incorporated senior ag meteorologist Drew Lerner warns of another system that will come through next week. The unfortunate part of the forecast is that there is yet another upper-level low-pressure center that will drop southward through uh, the Canadian prairies at the end of next week that will bring another period of cloudy, rainy, maybe some wet snow weather, and uh, tempers will be cooled again. Not as cold as they are now, but certainly cooler than usual. Improvements across the upper Midwest was recorded in the latest U.S. Drought Monitor. Over 45% of North Dakota is drought-free, compared to 33% last week. Just over 24% of the state is categorized as moderately dry, mostly along the western and northern borders. South Dakota is 10.8% drought-free, compared to 1.5% last week. Only 1.5% of the state is categorized as being in severe drought in the southwest corner of the state. 89% of the state is abnormally dry. Minnesota also saw improvements in drought, with over 55% of the state not in drought and just over 7% in moderate drought. According to the weekly crop progress report, North Dakota topsoil moisture is rated 79% adequate to surplus. Winter wheat is rated 42% good to excellent. Calving progress is 58% complete, which is equal to last year and the long-term average. Hay supplies are 69% adequate to surplus. 
In Minnesota, field work has been limited to planting oats and spreading manure. The weekly crop progress report says 3% of the oats are seeded, behind the average of 7%. Topsoil moisture supplies in Minnesota are rated 90% adequate to surplus. South Dakota farmers had a couple days suitable for field work this past week. The National Agriculture Statistics Service reports 1% of the spring wheat is seeded well behind the 24% level last year. 4% of South Dakota's oats are also in the ground, also well behind last year's 25%. Winter wheat is rated 24% good to excellent. Peterson Farm Seed lead agronomist Rick Swenson says there is still a lot of time to get planted in a timely manner, though. You know, it never fails if we plant on April 11th or April 15th in, in North Dakota. It's going to snow before May. I mean, it's going to happen every year. And uh, so I'm not too worked up right now. Um, definitely want to see some warmer temperatures. But there really wasn't a lot of frost out there looking at a lot of the weather stations. I mean, down to two feet, it was only 32 degrees. So we don't have a long ways to warm up either. And just that snowpack, uh, it's pretty tremendous what's melted in the last 10 days. Swenson thinks much of the spring thaw has soaked into the ground. A lot of areas where you would expect some bigger ponds, there wasn't as much. And um, I was actually looking at subsoil moisture maps, and you know when we went from 19 into 20, we were wet and everything was completely replenished. And then in you know 20 into 21, we were completely dried out. We're actually kind of halfway in between. So I guess average is a good thing for me. South Dakota Soil Health Coalition Coordinator Cindy Zank says the last few days has done a tremendous job replenishing the soil with moisture, but has a few recommendations for farmers on keeping their soil healthy. Even though we've been getting the moisture, you want to always keep that soil covered. So that's one um, important aspect is keeping the soil covered. Um, we know summer is coming and the temperatures are going to be rising, so we want to keep it as cool as possible um, and have that ability so when that moisture is in there and when that seed needs it, we want to have that good seed-to-soil contact and making sure that that's there um, in order for them to be able to um, grow their crops that they need, whether it's grass for their livestock or whether it's for their plants that they're harvesting. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. A lot of companies talk about being local, but what does that really mean? This is Shane with Irie Insurance, and for us, it means we grow up with you from your first car to the moment you take over the family farm or business. We go to all the same sporting events. We are there the first time your basement floods. At Irie Insurance, we are local, and rest assured when you trust us with your home, farm, auto, and crop insurance, you know that you are being taken care of by a local neighbor that cares. Check us out on the web at irieinsurance.com to find a location and a local agent near you. All in for all. That's the theme of the 2023 Minnesota State FFA Convention. More than 5,000 FFA members and supporters are participating in this year's convention. This is Red River Farm Network Farm Broadcaster Don Wick. Our coverage sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, AMPI, and its Dinner Bell Creamery. Proceed. Minnesota Farmers Union, Standing for Agriculture, Working for Farmers. And the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council.